And then the example that's used in this book, you find something that you absolutely hate. The example used in this book is the American Nazi Party. And this guy put, I believe it was $5,000 in a trust that would be donated to the American Nazi Party if he... Good morning or evening, guys. Uh, this is Andrew with Pride. Today, we're going to be talking about something uh, that I get requested a lot. Obviously, New Year's is a big thing. It's when a lot of people start um, actually taking a chance on their goals and actually shooting for stuff. Um, so I'm going to give you guys five ways to get in the best shape of your life in 2023. Um, I am on two different cameras today and a different mic. We're still trying to dial this whole process in here, but hopefully this one sounds better than the mic that I was using. But if you're watching this, you'll probably see that I'm basically kissing this mic right now because if I pull away at all, the audio decreases significantly. Anyway, um, so I guess a an obvious starting off point here is, uh, you know, what is the best shape? So first things first, you you have to actually define what the best shape is, and it's not going to be the same for everybody, obviously. So you've got to be really, really clear on this. You have to have an extremely clear goal. And if you're one of my clients that are listening, you've heard this analogy a million times, but usually people come up with these really open-ended, pretty pretty generic goals where it's like, oh, I want to be healthier or get stronger or, you know, it's, it's something kind of, it's like an intangible, which isn't entirely bad, but it's just that they're unclear as a general thing. We're looking for something specific. This isn't, oh, I'm going on a road trip and I'm driving to the East Coast because that could be Maine. That could be Florida. This is, I'm going to St. Petersburg, Florida. You want to pick a very, very clear thing because if you are vague with it, you will get some approximation of your goal, but you are absolutely not going to get the goal that you've actually set for yourself. Um, The second one is finding the big rocks. I've used this analogy a million and one times, but uh, I've heard two different versions of it. One, you can think of it like uh, if you were trying to clear out a room with a bunch of rocks in it, you would get rid of the big rocks first. Uh, The other one that I've heard is uh, some college professor analogy where he's filling up a um, fish tank with rocks puts a bunch of rocks in there and you know obviously they take up the most space but it is obviously not everything it's still there's still space in there you can use that analogy whichever way is going to be best for you to understand this is you looking at the things that are going to make the biggest difference again the big rocks they're going to be different things for different people there's going to be there's going to be people where the big rock is cutting out processed food. There's going to be people are only sleeping five or six hours a night. It's going to be people are inconsistent. It's going to be that they don't have a good support system. But this is actually where um, coaching as a a whole really comes in handy is kind of noticing your blind spots, right? So I even have someone, I have a couple people that I reference back to when it comes to my own you know, my business and how I do a lot of different things. Everybody has coaches for everything nowadays uh, because they they can pick up on your blind spots, right? So 
what is that big rock for you? Do you fall off the wagon with the gym every two weeks? Do you, you know, eat like shit or go drinking like crazy every single weekend? Uh, you know, are you around people who are always tempting you with different kinds of, you know, vices, I suppose we'll, we'll call it. Find out what those are and really hone in on that. So let's say you're someone who eats a ton of processed food. Cut as much processed food as you, as you can. Cut, cut out what is reasonable for you because that, that's another thing too. It's like your plan needs to be manageable, which I'll get there because spoiler alert, that's number three. But you've got to make you've got to make the changes where it's going to be a big deal for you. Let's say you're someone who eats good 99% of the time, but you sleep terribly. Most people look at diet and go, oh, this is the most important thing, which it is majority of the time. But if you're someone who already eats really, really well, you're looking for your deficiency. You, just because you're going to get a 1% increase on your nutrition doesn't really matter if you're, you know, if you're like, 50% of the way there as far as like what optimal sleep is, right? So finding those big rocks for yourself and executing on them. Number three, like I said, manageable plan. Having a manageable plan, that is that is something I wish I figured out a long time ago for myself. I really, I really, really think... Um, a lot of things would have been different in my fitness journey, not just like my body, um, the amount of muscle I have, but th things like things like how I actually moved and how I was setting goals. Um, because what I was doing a lot when I was younger, I have, I have this clear memory of cooking this <laughs> this six egg omelet every single morning with. An entire you you could buy these like pre-wrapped plastic um, or wrapped in plastic uh, like slices of breakfast ham or whatever, and I would dice this thing up. I would cook a couple strips of bacon, uh, some cheese, and I would put rice in it too, and then I would eat a banana with it. So this this omelet plus the banana was like, God, dude, I I don't even. I don't even know. I think it was like upwards of 1200 calories. Okay, this, thing, this thing was just a bomb of food. And it got to the point where I was just disgusted by eggs. I could not eat them anymore. But even outside of that, I was like 150 pounds. There was no reason for me to be eating that much in, in one meal. Not to mention the fact that I quickly discovered that wasn't something I could stay consistent with. I felt like shit eating that every single day. It was just, oh my God, that was just, it was 100% not, not the meal for me, right? But if I had looked at things more as, okay, well, I'm eating this much. Let's see how much I can gain off of this because I was really focused on gaining weight at the time. So, okay, we're going to focus on this. Let's see how much weight we can actually gain. And then this gets into the next one slowly start to make changes so I can see what is actually working. I still have a picture of my first supplement stack ever. And <laughs> it was three different kinds of protein because I was convinced that I needed hydro whey, regular whey, and casein. 
I had branched-chain amino acids, which make no sense as long as you are getting enough protein in your diet. Uh, I had a multivitamin. I had a pre-workout. And I know I had one more thing in there, but I can't. Oh, uh, creatine. Um, and maybe something else. I don't know. But let's say I take I took all those things, which I did. I took every single one of those uh, for an entire month, right? That supplement stack was like, God, like two or $300, I think. Um, maybe more, but let's say I got really good results, which I obviously did because I was a newbie and I had no idea what I was doing, but I was getting all kinds of newbie gains. What was the supplement in there that was actually helping me? Or were the supplements helping me at all? And because of this, number four, be meticulous, I had no idea what was actually working for me. So I'm, I'm taking a couple hundred dollars of supplements every month. Results are going okay. They could have been better. I just had no idea. But because, because of me not being meticulous in that, I didn't know what was working. I didn't know what was working. Maybe I could have gotten rid of two of the proteins and saved myself $100 a month. I could have. I definitely could have. But I didn't know that. So you set that plan for yourself. You be meticulous in the progress that you're actually tracking. And then you see what small changes you can actually make to yourself or make to your plan that are going to take you to that next level. Is that going to be getting to bed a little bit earlier? Is it going to be more water, more protein, higher quality foods, training harder, training differently, right? Because then you actually know what works for yourself. I wish that I understood this more when I very first started training. This final one, number five, this is controversial. This is really, really controversial, actually. Uh, I There's a book called The Blackmail Diet. Like blackmailing yourself, not a black man. <laughs> uh, which I did have someone ask me. <laughs> I was like, no, no, different, different kind of book. Um, but it's called The Blackmail Diet. Um, I still have it on my shelf behind me. Um, and essentially what it is, is you find a way to blackmail yourself into getting the results that you want or need to get. So you might be thinking, Andrew, how do I do that? And I'm so glad you asked. What is a significant amount of money to you? Just think of whatever that number is. You know, it, maybe it's maybe it's a hundred bucks, maybe it's five hundred, maybe it's five thousand. Whatever, whatever a significant number of money is to you, you take that money. And then you pick your goal. It has to be clear. It has to be measurable. Such as, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in the first eight weeks of the year. So two months, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Okay? Very, very manageable, by the way. <clears throat> and then, the example that's used in this book, you find something that you absolutely hate. The example used in this book is the American Nazi Party. 
And this guy put, I believe it was $5,000 in a trust that would be donated to the American Nazi party if he did not lose 70 pounds in one year. Obviously, or maybe not so obviously, because there's a lot of people who are still like, oh, I would still probably fail this. But he didn't because he abhorred that possibility so much. I have used this with one client very successfully, one client kind of successfully in the sense that it gave him clarity around himself. And I'm currently using it for myself again, based around uh, a government loan that I got that I want to get paid off. And uh, it's not to the American Nazi party, but I am basically financially blackmailing myself to get this paid off. Uh, otherwise, it's going to cost me a lot more in the long run, right? <clears throat> I used this with one client who lost, just like the book, 70 pounds. I used this with another client who quickly realized that he just wasn't that dedicated. He hadn't found something that was important enough for him to actually do this. And in his case, I could, I could sense the hesitation. I think it was like 50 bucks or 100 bucks with him. So I could tell that he was basically prepared to fail. Most people can afford to lose 50, 200 bucks, which is why it's important to pick an outrageous amount. But because of that, the day that he you know, failed, failed to hit that goal because of improperly blackmailing himself, not putting enough um, at stake, when it finally came to it, he actually sat down with me, gave me the money, and he said, um, I'm not actually motivated enough to do this yet, so I need to step away from this until things change. And I was just like, okay. But ask yourself this. What is a significant amount of money to you? Is it $500? Take that 500 bucks, and if you're not prepared to like put it into a trust to go somewhere, talk to a friend and say, hey, here's this money, or talk to a financial advisor. Hey, here's this money. Here's what you have to do with it. And if it's enough money, I promise you, you will figure it out. You will hit that goal. In, in, the, in my case, <laughs> this, uh, if, if I fail this goal, it's going to cost me $30,000. So uh, you better believe that I'm going to figure it out. Because I cannot afford to lose that much money. So it's got to be a big enough one. And um, as a couple fun little statistics for anyone who is listening to this, New Year's is the busiest time in the gym. That's not news to anybody. But it's not just the people who are signing new memberships. It's the people that have had a membership for years or maybe just several months and not not done anything right they're just finally coming back this is going to be released a couple days before new year's stop waiting for some magical date that everybody else is waiting for go get in the gym go get started the average gym membership lasts four to six weeks because people do not have a plan because people don't have clear idea of where they're going to go because people don't know how to track their progress and make changes and do whatever is the next thing is that is needed for them and because they're not willing to put enough on the line to actually hit those goals so let's go through that one more time 
what is best shape for you? What is that clear goal? What are the big rocks for you? Just pick two or three. How do you put together a plan for yourself that is manageable? If you can't do it, is there someone you know who can put one together for you? I mean, I can, but y'all already know that. And uh, if you don't know, I do do online coaching. Uh, you can pretty much DM me anywhere, you know, at Andrew PFM, at Pride Fitness and Movement. Um, how are you tracking your progress? Are you tracking your progress at all? A lot of people don't. And even though you don't have to do this fifth one about blackmailing yourself into getting results, what are some things that you're willing to put online? You know, what are some things that you're willing to, what kind of changes are you actually willing to make for yourself? People don't change until they have to. It's the reason that the gym industry is such a profitable thing. It's the reason, I think it's like 80% of gym's money is made in the first two or three months of the year. Don't be just a little piece of profit for them. <laughs> be the person who actually costs them money because it's it's a real thing. We When I was still working at a commercial gym, they talked about it where they were like, yeah, like the, the people who are consistent here are like our worst members because they're the ones who break the equipment, who pay their tiny little fees and, uh, you know, actually use the facilities. Whereas the people who never come in and pay their fees, you know, they're perfect. They don't cost us a penny. So be the person who actually costs the gym money, guys. And um, yeah, make sure, guys, if you are uh, listening right now, and it's going to say this right now on the outro too, but I'm telling you right now because I, I just did my Spotify wrapped. An insane amount of people who listen to this podcast are not subscribed. So if that is you, please subscribe to this. Please give me a five-star review. If you don't know how to on Spotify, you just type in the name of the uh, podcast and it's like right up at the top. It's the same on Apple Podcasts and I don't know how any of the other ones work. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, like this, share it to someone, whatever. Um, it really, really does help, guys. And um, yeah, I guess with that being said, my name is Andrew with Pride and we'll see y'all later. Hey everybody, did you like that episode? You know you did, and you know you want to see some more, so oh my god, you should click that subscribe button and share it to someone else who wants to hear it. And then go find me on Instagram or TikTok or whatever at Andrew PFM and hit me with some questions of your own. So we'll see you guys there. Later.